Welcome to Heart of the Enneagram. I'm Chris Copeland. And I'm Sandra Smith. And we invite you to take a courageous and loving look at what is. So putting a type on person without seeing a person or giving them the freedom to choose a different way in the moment is crucial. And it's a, it's a big hazard of learning the system because if we're not careful, we'll start limiting other people and ourselves and using type as a pigeonhole. And of course, that is not the Enneagram. Welcome back to Asheville. It's been a couple months since I've seen you. Thanks, Sandra. It's so wonderful to be together again and to be recording this second series of our Heart of the Enneagram podcast. On relationship, and we're both very excited about exploring relationship through the lens of the Enneagram types. Absolutely. You know, we spent some time looking at the habits and patterns of the nine types, and then we looked at the spiritual dimensions of the nine types, and now we turn our attention to relationships and how the Enneagram helps us understand ourselves and other with those we're in relationship with. I love how Helen Palmer in her first Enneagram book says something like, the Enneagram allows us to see others as they are to themselves rather than through our projections, as well as giving us an intimate working relationship with self. As we turn our attention to relationships and the Enneagram, we're excited that we're going to be interviewing two guests on each of these episodes, and they'll be folks who are in family relationship, working relationship, romantic relationships, or friendships. Yeah, it'll be exciting just to hear the nuances of the types Uh, and how they come together in relating uh, the blind spots, the gifts, the challenges. We'll we'll talk about all of that. Yeah. And as we get started, I think it'd be good for us to say a few words uh, about relationships and the Enneagram, because this is a question I get a lot when I teach, uh, and I imagine you do as well. Mm -hmm. That question, what type is best in relationship with another type? That's right. Someone will say, I'm a six. What's the, the best type for me? So my response to that is that there is no type that is better suited to any other type. That's right. It's not how the Enneagram works. Um, Really what is most important is self-awareness, the way what one knows about oneself and being in relationship with someone who also has that kind of awareness. That's what makes, in my experience, a successful relationship, regardless of type. Right. The more intimate I am with myself... Uh, the more able I am to be intimate with another, the more honest I am with myself, the more I bring that integrity and honesty to relationship. Mm-hmm. I remember someone saying years ago, you know, I'm not dating any odd numbers anymore. <laughs> and it was, you know, of course we all laughed. And I think it's important to realize that if you date someone of a particular type or you're working with someone of a particular type, we do have a tendency to put that person as the poster of all the type. And that's, that's unfortunate because you can work with a type two in this arena, and then you get on another committee where a different two is, and you'll see they're a different person. Because this Enneagram system is really about the, our character structure, that internal operating system. The personality is kind of the shell that manifests. And of course, each 
person of each type will manifest differently. So three sevens can be different. Given that, we don't want to pigeonhole people because of their type. Um, we're human beings, so we must remain open to the mystery of who we are mm -hmm. and stay in present moment without projecting, uh, without pigeonholing. And, you know, it's not, it's not easy work, but grow we must. Absolutely. That, that's why I think part of why we do this podcast, Sandra, is to name the complexity of this system because there is a tendency for people who learn this to quickly then project onto people in their lives, oh, that's, that's an eight and that's the way the eight's going to behave or that's a six or whatever. And I think what we want to say over and over and over again is that every six is going to be a little different. Every seven is going to manifest slightly right. differently. Some of those core, as you say, operating uh, system is still there, but the manifestation and expression that is different. And so we need to approach each relationship with, what is it? An open mind, an open heart, a curious mind, and a grounded presence. Right. You know, I remember the first time David Daniels came to Asheville and did a relationship workshop. He stood up and he said, we had about 50-some folks there, and he said, all right, whatever the issue is or the tension in your relationship, just pretend it's all your fault. And we all just moaned. Yes. And, of course, the, the, the piece is we each get 50%, 50 of the responsibility of how well it's going or when we circle the drain in relationship, what have I done to contribute? And, you know, to quote David, he'll say, we create the resistance we meet. Mm -hmm. So, Chris, when you say grounded presence, open heart, there is that if I'm, if I'm grounded in my body and my heart is open, there is no energetic blast coming right. from me. Right. And then anything is possible. Mm. Yeah. Lovely. Well, I am excited, Sandra, that in this first episode of our relationship podcast that we're turning the tables and you and I are actually going to be the ones being interviewed. Oh, the first time you named this, Chris, it was so scary for me as an eight. That vulnerability really came up. Well, and, and I thought, you know, we've, we've asked a lot of people to respond to our questions and to go deep in their own reflections about themselves. And it would only be fair that we would do that as a way to look at our own working relationship. And you, you named the magic word for me as an eight, which is fair. And I certainly don't want anyone to ask anyone to do something that I won't do. So I knew this was, this was a no-brainer. We had to engage this. Well, here we go, and we're excited that we uh, have a friend of ours and a colleague, Janine Seiler-Jones, who will be uh, interviewing us today and taking the role of interviewer and us being in the roles of interviewees. Janine Seiler-Jones leads with Type 1 and is a therapist, spiritual director, and an, a narrative Enneagram teacher who lives in Asheville. And she says she's grateful for the influence of the Enneagram community on her personal and professional wanderings through the years and the many rich relationships born out of that community. She loves listening to podcasts. Yay! All right. <laughs> yeah. And she and Russell, her spouse, have been married 32 years, and they have two adult children, 25 and 22. We're glad you're with us. Thank you. And obviously, we trust you <laughs> as the one who's interviewing us in our podcast working relationship yes yeah yes i will be gentle with thank you, you. <laughs> we are grateful yes we are so as we begin to engage this material for the type four and the type eight i want to invite uh, the little four and the little eight in each of us because we each have all the types in us to listen in and i invite us to have 
a curious mind and approach this material with an open heart and be grounded in our presence. So if you will, take a deep breath with me. An overview of the internal operating system, you might say, of types 4 and 8 include a few basic principles that Chris and I will now offer. For type 4, the lead center of intelligence is the heart center. Type 4s are, as 3s and 2s are, relationally oriented. The motivation for this type is something to be longed for that is supported by the focus of attention, which is on what's missing. So as a four, to focus on what, miss, what is missing continues the juice of longing. And often longing may be more important than attaining. The core fear for type four is the fear of being abandoned. They see the world as an abandoning place and may see abandonment when it isn't there. And of course, for four, they have to recognize and ask themselves, how do I abandon me? The reactivity trigger for this type is around deficiency or inadequate. Am I too much? Am I not enough? So those are some of the key pieces of the structure of this type. And for type eight, the lead center of intelligence is the body center. And, and eights, like nines and ones, other body types, are fairness-oriented. The motivation, the core motivation for the eight is to protect self and protect others from vulnerability. How can I protect myself from being taken advantage of or from being vulnerable? The focus of attention for the eight is power and control. Who has power? Where is their control? I don't want to be controlled. I don't want to be powerless. And that gets right to the core fear of the eight, which is being powerless. It's, it's a deep fear for eights that they, might, that they may not have power. Power might be taken from them or they may be taken advantage of. And the reactivity trigger for eight is anyone or anyone, anything that tries to control them or something that is important to them or someone that is important to them. When in relationship, four and eight, it's good to remember that eight is a self-forgetting type. Folks who lead with this type can forget their fragility, uh, their fatigue, their tenderness. So in self-forgetting, the eight can say, I'm strong, I'll take care of it. For type four, this is a self-rejecting type. So in the self-rejecting or heart triad, these types can reject the, authentic, the authentic self for the performance. I need to be unique or special, and that may amplify some of the emotional intensity while the authentic self uh, goes under. We are inviting Janine to jump in now and name the strengths of the type as she begins her interview process with us. Thanks, Janine. Thanks. I had a good time this morning reflecting on uh, my relationships with types fours and eights in my life, and my gratitude just really welled up. Um, and I think that that had a lot to do with the way that I find both uh, fours and eights to be um, very good at connecting and being present. Uh, I find the eights really bring a strong energy uh, of that, uh, paying attention to um, what the relationship uh, is needing in terms of moving forward. So hardworking, um, being able to move through conflict, being able to address directly and 
be done with it. Uh, and then this, I think fours and eights both share a big picture view, and that eights really bring the ability to go back and forth between the big picture and the kind of practical work that needs to happen in that. Um, and then when I was reflecting on fours, what really welled up for me was this ability that um, fours have to see wholeness, beauty, and pain together and stay connected around that, not shy away from what might be intense about that emotionally, really showing up uh, with some very powerful intimacy and connection, um, valuing the depth in themselves and in other people. Um, so with those kinds of things in mind as prompts, I'm curious what you both would say, what works well for the two of you, uh, given your type, as you all are working in relationship with one another. Hmm. You know, uh, what comes to my mind is the very first conversation that Sandra and I had about this podcast, which was for me, it was an idea, you know, sort of this idea possibility. And we sat down and had um, a conversation at a little coffee shop. And, and I think, Sandra, um, you, you can speak to this for yourself, but I think kind of part of what you connected with and what I felt connection with was the idea, the big picture, the sort of possibility of that. Does that resonate with you? It does. When Chris first mentioned it, he said, don't take some time to think about it, which was about two seconds for me, and my whole <laughs> body was saying yes. But it was a good cause. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I will support a good cause, and I thought Chris had a fabulous idea of using podcast to take the Enneagram understanding deeper. Mm -hmm. And so we both had a passion for what we were doing and we really joined hands in that quite well. I would add too that, um, you know, part of the reason that uh, I wanted to work with Sandra in this project is because Sandra has a great deal of wisdom and experience with the Enneagram. And what I realized in retrospect, another reason, though I wasn't conscious, is that Sandra as an eight has this ability to really make things happen. Right. And so as we would sit and talk about ideas, I mean, I can live in the world of ideas and possibility and ooh, what if for a long time. I mean, I can also be practical as well, but I know Sandra would sort of like, okay, well, what's the next step? Well, have we, mm -hmm. we need to call these people. We need to send this email. We need to find a recording space. And that was a huge gift to this project, I think, and our working relationship. Yes, I, re I, I do take off quite quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I remember David Daniel saying, Sandra, open the door before you go through it. <laughs> and it's always fun to remember that and remember David that way. Uh, Chris does have great innovative skill, and I can partner with him in that. And as practical as I am, I will say that Chris... Is, has been the key person to work with technology and make that happen. And that requires a lot of detail. Mm. And he is very good at that. And it's something that I either choose not to do or can't do. Yeah. Uh, and I've been grateful for that. It's a gift because you have a staying power and he wants to figure it out. Right. right. Yeah. And does it feel like a creative uh, aspect for you, like to bringing the technology yeah. and the there creativity? There is. There yeah. is definitely that. I mean, part of it is <clears throat> my age and what I grew up sort of immersed in technology. But it is certainly a, an expression of creativity. The other thing about it is, is that, that I think, Sandra, you and I share is this desire for high quality. 
Mm -hmm. I want things to be done well and to be done Mm -hmm. beautifully and to be, you know, so part of my commitment to technology is so that it can be done well. You know, I want it to be like the best it can Mm -hmm. be. And like, so people go, wow. (laughs) Right. And, you know, Chris is speaking to image, but we all attune to image and how we're coming across. And of course, for eights, we want to be seen as strong and powerful. So we don't want a wimpy podcast. <laughs> right, for <laughs> and, sure. And yeah. we've partnered well in that cause, I think. Right. It strikes me that it's image and also that it is um, about quality and beauty mm-hmm. and uniqueness, you know. Yep. And so that partnering, um, I don't know, leads to that. Yeah, absolutely. And Janine, one thing that's been a surprise to me, I mean, Chris and I can be intense, you know, uh, four, six, and eight are the intensity expressing type. So we can kind of match each other there. Um, we have laughed a lot. And it's mm-hmm. almost like we get this intensity and then we come out on the other side laughing at ourselves. Mm. And that's really carried us many times in this endeavor. It has. I mean, there's a there's an infectiousness in the laugh. I mean, I, I mm. will hear, Sandra will get tickled about something and it will make me laugh and then my laugh will make her laugh. Right. And so there's a, there's a, I would say even a playfulness that yeah. we each, interesting enough, we talk about how we're both intense types mm-hmm. and we are, but there's a way in which we encourage a playfulness and a laughter in each other, which has been lovely. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, what, what do you find trips you up as you work with each other? You know, I would name Chris a Pace. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a different working pace. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can act too quickly. And Chris is much more thoughtful uh, on, at the beginning. And so for me, my type trips me up. And then I need to learn and have learned some patience and just waiting a little bit. Because in that thoughtful period that Chris has really um, maintained for us, some new ideas and better ways have emerged. So mm-hmm. that's been a real growing edge for me is to, to become more patient and more thoughtful and more processing rather mm-hmm. than acting, deciding, and making it happen. Yeah, it sounds like a real strategy that it's, you've, you know, he's, you've used. He's been a good teacher for mm-hmm. me in that. Well, and I would say that the shadow of that for me is that um, I, you know, I can withdraw, you know, just, uh, fours, fives, and nines, we're withdrawing types. So there are ways in which we may have this in, intense interaction or this plan, and then I'll kind of withdraw and be a little overwhelmed. There's too much to do. My whole life interview, you know, interferes or whatever. And so the shadow of that, even though there's a, there's a nice perhaps pacing, there's also a way in which I can disappear. I have in our working relationship disappeared a little bit. And I think that's been hard for you, Sandra. And as a body type, eight, nine, one, have a sensitivity to being seen as unimportant or dismissed. Now, I know Chris isn't dismissing me because I have an understanding of the type, but I have watched this this anxiety come up. Oh my gosh, Mm. it's not gonna get done. Where is he, what, you know? But that's my my work, Mm -hmm. is to know that I am not dismissed. And the work for me in any body type is in self-remembering, to not dismiss me. Right. And then it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's, that's been a, a real good practice for me in this relationship. 
Right. And it sounds like it's one of those examples of knowing something with your mind. I know Chris is not withdrawing or he's I'm experiencing that, but I know he's not, um, you know, dismissing. And yet your, um, your, your body experience is one of feeling dismissed. Right. So it's a nice doorway into that practice of self-remembering. And I would say, you know, for the pacing, part of the challenge for me has been, um, and there's learning, of course, in this as well, but is that, you know, we have ideas and then I'm not kidding. I'll get an email the next day from Sandra, who's already talked to four people and moving forward on this. And, you know, it takes me a little while to kind of get that going. And so, and sometimes I felt a little pressure Mm -hmm. uh, in our working relationship. Like, why haven't you done this yet? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. whoa, whoa, whoa. So I, that's where I sort of had needed to both say, "Mm, I work at a different pace. Okay. How can we do this? And also be really mindful because I know for a lot of people in my life, it's not fair for me to get to dictate the pace, right? It's not Mm -hmm. fair for me to say, well, that's not my pace. Everybody else needs to slow to me. Mm -hmm. But then to say, how do I need to step up and and take? So one of the things that I've learned in our working relationship uh, is, you know, we just had this experience a couple days ago. We were on the phone and I said, oh, I should probably email that person about that. And I said, wait, I'm going to email it right now. It was just kind of like, I'm going to do this now as a way to get this moving. Yes. Nice. I I can really hear the influence, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, one on the other in Mm -hmm. terms of uh, the the dance and the synergy Mm -hmm. that comes out of the differences and what can trip you up, but also can lead you to grow, you know, in some of the stretching ways that you, that you want to. Yep, for sure. And are you all aware of practices like that? Like, oh, I say I'm going to email, I'm going to do that right now. But, you know, strategies or practices that you feel like this relationship has helped you manifest. Hmm. You know, I've always said the spiritual discipline for eight will forevermore be waiting. Mm. And so for me to sit back with my back against the chair and feel my feet on the floor and just breathe into the belly and realize this will happen and it will happen in its pace and it will unfold well Mm. because we're going to be thoughtful and process. And so I've really... Um, been more aware of my body. And as you just mentioned, when that anxiety comes up, I know that's my trailhead for my work. Right. So paying attention when anxiety comes up and following that mm-hmm. so that I can expand mm. rather than contract. And really being with that anxiety, you know, yes. allowing it, uh, you know, and, and sitting with it, mm-hmm. um, letting it have its place, but mm-hmm. not necessarily take over. Welcoming it, as we say. Mm-hmm. Look, there's my old buddy anxiety. That's right. <laughs> old friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say my, what for me, um, a, what has become a good strategy is noticing, for example, if I feel overwhelmed or if the pace feels too quick for me or whatever. You know, an old pattern for me would be to withdraw from that, right. right? And just kind of disappear. And so part of my learning in our working relationship is just to articulate that, is to mm-hmm. say, Sandra, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed right now, or this is happening for me, or uh, is there a way we can slow this? Or just so kind of, because I know for, for Sandra and for eight, you know, showing up and saying, and, and saying, I can be here with you, right? As opposed to disappearing. That's been a good practice for me is noticing this tendency to do that and then say, nope, I need to articulate that to Sandra. Right. And really to yourself too. Like mm. I'm, I'm noticing it and I'm, arti- I'm, I'm feeling that in myself and it's like uh, really naming it yep. uh, as a way of deepening, you know, and then, and then being able to interact around that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that really helps me, Chris, when you can name what you need and want in the moment. Yeah. And it's also, mm-hmm. as a self-forgetting type, you, you're a teacher in that for me. Mm-hmm. So it's been quite good. Well, and I will just I'll, I'll also add that part of that challenge for me is because I can be sensitive, you know, and a little, a little, <laughs> my little tender self, um, which I sometimes joke and say, you know, fours are just sort of delicate flowers, which is, uh, which is funny. And also there's a, there's some truth in that, you know, and it's a way that, that we sort of re- reinforce mm-hmm. some of this. But anyway, mm-hmm. part of that, as I say, is, you know, saying to Sandra, I need to set a limit or I need to shift or here's how I am. That can feel a little bit hard because what, what are you going to say back to me, Sandra? And is that mm-hmm. going to hurt my feelings? And mm-hmm. is your directness going to be? Mm-hmm. So that's a Again, I'm going to go counter instinctive right. to that part of mm-hmm. me that goes, oh, I don't know what's going to happen and say, mm-hmm. oh, no, I'm going to say it. Mm-hmm. Be clear about who I am and stay with. Mm-hmm. Trust the relationship yep. um, that you can be where you are and name where you are and sort of bring your sensitivity, quote unquote, along with with that and trusting the process. And Chris, what you're naming is to be in the present rather than seen me as a type, and this is how the type works. So putting a type on person without seeing a person or giving them the freedom to choose a different way in the moment mm-hmm. is crucial. And it's a, it's a big hazard of learning the system because if we're not careful, we'll start limiting other people and ourselves and using type as a pigeonhole. And of course, that is not the Enneagram. You know, what's, uh, what's interesting about this pace, Chris, the other thing I'll say is we have a different pace in our conversation. Mm-hmm. So I'm much slower. Chris is very engaging. And oftentimes I'll sit here going, oh, I wish I could be like that. <laughs> well, and that's so funny because that's like the four, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, if only yes. I could be, you know, that would be me, like the longing envy piece. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah, but we have a pace behind the scenes and a pace in the recording mm-hmm. and they're opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like the, the, the getting the job done, the wheels on the ground, there's a fast pace for you, like four things right at the ready to be done. And, and then in the conversation, there's this sort of slowed down mm-hmm. with uh, more energy or connectedness coming from, from you. Not that it's not connected with you, but it's like a, a different pace. It's a different pace. Different yeah. energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. My energy's lower in the body. Lower in the body. Right. Yeah. yeah, nice. And do you all have a sense right now, or how would you say, um, what what are you looking towards in terms of what will uh, cultivate a flourishing, a continued flourishing of your relationship mm-hmm. um, as you keep learning and growing together? I, I would name this as a classroom for me, Chris. I mm. mean, I'll forever be grateful for your invitation to do this, and I was glad that we're engaging a second one because it's like I've learned so much in this relationship and work that I want to try some things out with you. Nice. And so I, I, that, that trust has developed. And so Janine, to your question, I think for me, it would be to learn to name what I need for my own self care. Mm. Because in that self forgetting, I will think I'll just keep going. Right. Sometimes it's on the edge of fatigue where adrenaline takes over But Chris models such good self-care that I realize I need to do that too. 
because I don't have the energy I used to, and I don't have the energy I think I do. Right. So that's, that's going to be a way that I think I can contribute to this relationship flourishing even, even more. By taking care of yourself. And, and to really honor my fragility. Mm. Yeah. You know, um, I just want to name, Sandra, that I felt really moved when you said you trust this relationship and you want to try some things out. Like, I really feel touched by mm-hmm. that and, and honored by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just want to name my gratitude. Okay. And that's where my, you know, my sort of feeling part comes mm-hmm. up is like, I can almost feel tears in my eyes mm-hmm. of like, wow, I feel so deeply honored mm-hmm. of your willingness to do that. And, and I feel the same way. I mean, it's, um, you, what you said earlier about, uh, sort of not putting somebody into a type, but allowing them to be themselves. That's part of what I've learned with you and from you as well is, um, you know, it's not Sandra, the eight Mm -hmm. (laughs) and how's the eight going to respond, but it's sort of like, how can I just be with Sandra now in this moment? And when we talked on the phone recently, Sandra and I did, um, you know, sometimes when there's a space where we haven't talked for me, there's kind of like, are we connected and what's happening? And, and also when we got off the phone after talking for about an hour, you know, I realized I was like, oh, I feel so connected. I feel so engaged. I trust you, Sandra. I trust this relationship. I trust this project. So staying connected in that way is part of the growth to do this flourishing, I think. You know, for both four and eight as intense and strong types, we both can have an idea of how something should be. Or Chris has an idea, and I have a different idea. And the material indicates the eight is my way or the highway. Or that four has the aesthetic that must be. And we have not engaged that. Mm -hmm. Right. We sit back, we pause, and we consider the other's thoughtfulness. Mm -hmm. And each of us has made the shift. So Chris will say, you know, I agree with that, Sandra. Let's do it that way. Mm-hmm. Or I'll say, yeah, I think I, I like what you're saying, Chris. Let's let's go that route. And, and I think we, what we lead with is here's my vision of that or here's my idea. And also there's an open handedness in that to kind of say, well, and I've learned to, I don't know if it's true for you, but I've learned to read you a bit, a bit Sandra. So when I say like, well, I think we should do this. And I see this expression on the face or there's this <laughs> little pause. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, I'm not sure if that's Sandra's first idea. So then I'll say, well, what do you think? <laughs> you know, Let's talk about that. The transparency mm-hmm. business. It can read me like a book. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it keeps the dialogue going. You know, it it's does. like, oh, well, so I, I saw some response. And then can I be curious about that? Can I open it up for some uh, other ideas? You know, so it's, it's, it's uh, knowing there are tendencies, but there's no boxing mm. each other or yourself in. That's and knowing the tendencies or the internal operating system mm-hmm helps depersonalize the tension. Hmm. And that's what this is, that's what's so, that's the gift of the Enneagram in relationship. If I know I'm stuck in my type, or Chris is in lockstep with his, I know he's more than that. And it's a problem to be solved now. Hmm. Is that what you mean by depersonalizing? Yeah. Like it, it, it makes it not, you know, Chris against me or me against me, but more just like, oh, we're in a habit here, or I'm in a habit here, or there's something that feels... It's just a habit. It's a habit. And, and we can move through it. Uh-huh. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that, that inner observer that I think the Enneagram helps cultivate, is that stepping, taking one step back and observing and saying, mm-hmm. oh, there's my habit. Yeah. Right? I am not my habit, but there it is, and then can I choose differently? 
Yeah, and both of you are really naming, you know, body and emotion. And so this inner observer is not, it's not a mental activity only. It has mental activity in it, but it's like, there's also like, I feel touched with gratitude. I feel this, you know, anxiety in my chest or, you know, so it's like so rich, the ability to... Uh, observe mm. and then to bring that to the relationship uh, with this is what's going on for me or this is what I'm noticing. Mm. That's a great point, Janine. Thanks for naming I'm just that. watching it happen here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really. I mean, it's beautiful to watch uh, you Thank all you. being self-observing in a whole way. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because I will sense. I sense first. That's my first way of knowing. Mm-hmm. Sensing into another, matching energy. And for Chris, it's yeah. For me, emotional. it's it's hard. I mean, this is the, I, I touch my chest. It's like this is a way of a deep first. My first way of knowing for sure. Yeah. So is there anything that you all would want to add in terms of growth or relationships, any, anything that hasn't been said that would be helpful? Yeah, I will, I will name that um, one of the things I've so appreciated about you, Sandra, is, um, and that I've learned, again, with you and from you, is um, uh, the way that you care for and nurture relationships in your life. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've noticed that Sandra and I have been together is Sandra will say, Oh, last night I was with my friends from blah, blah, blah. And tomorrow after you leave, these other friends are coming from out of town. And then I've planned this event for, da, 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 <laughs> you know, or whatever. So there's all this I mean, part of it, you know, <laughs> there's a part of me that gets overwhelmed. Like, Oh my God, that's a lot of stuff. But no, the, the, there is this sense of, the way in which you know you nurture and connect with people and value relationships that I value them, but I also can get um, I can sort of go into my little nest uh, as a self-preservation subtype. I can go in my little nest and sort of be comfortable there. And I I'm challenged by in a beautiful way, the way in which you connect with and nurture those relationships. And it it empowers me and encourages me to do more of that in my life. Thank you, Chris. Mm -hmm. And, and you name self-preservation as your instinctual subtype, and mine is social. And, and what's odd is that, you know, we've said Chris is the four, the connecting type, and he's naming me the eight, who is social as connecting. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this Enneagram system is so complex and has such depth that, you, you know, we don't want to get hung up on it's only the heart types that connect. Right. Mm-hmm. Not true. We all do. Right. We all have a head, a heart, a body. And... The idea is to access all three. Mm-hmm. And this has been an experience for me, Chris, in uh, trying to maintain that access to all three of my brains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you both. Thank you. Janine, you were great. Thank you. Wow. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. I, um, Sandra had found a lovely quote from David White from uh, an essay on friendship that I wanted to kind of close out our time reading speaking to relationship. So this is from David White. The ultimate touchstone of relationship is not improvement, neither of the other nor of the self. The ultimate touchstone is witness, the privilege of having been seen by someone and the equal privilege of being granted the sight of the essence of another, to have walked with them and to have believed in them and sometimes just to have accompanied them for however brief a span 
on a journey impossible to accomplish alone. I know. (laughs) And it it feels like all that sums up our our work together. It's beautiful. With heartfelt gratitude, I'm Chris. And I'm Sandra. And we invite you to continue to look courageously and lovingly at what is. We want to thank all who've made this podcast a reality, including Wake Forest University School of Divinity, for their financial and institutional support. For Sally Ann Morris, who composed our theme music, and for Toby Becker, who provided graphic design. Thanks to Eric Merle for his editing expertise, to Tom and Lynn Berner, who provided recording space, and to the narrative Enneagram and our mentors, Helen Palmer and Dr. David Daniels, its founders. And special thanks to all of our guests. We offer this podcast as a free resource for personal and spiritual growth. And in order to continue this work, we need your support. Please visit our website, heartoftheenneagram.com, to make a contribution and to purchase our companion book. In the days that lie ahead, may your mind be curious, your heart courageous, and your presence compassionate.